0: Joining 4.9 Friday Morning Show with Leo. My next guest grew up in the U.S. Now calls Australia home. He's classically trained, started out singing opera, but has now switched frequencies to more funky pop sound, utilising his impressive five octave range. In his very first interview on 4.9, joining me on the line from Sydney, welcome, Bealefield. How are you going? It's going good. It's
1: going good. Yeah. Um, You know, this is my first interview, actually, for the single.
0: Wow. So So let's uh, get to know you a bit better, I guess, because um, you grew up in Florida and Miami. What were your early influences growing up as a kid?
1: Well, you know, my early influences were probably similar to a lot of other people at the time. You know, I mean, it was a lot of Whitney. It was Mariah Carey. You know, I mean, of course, you know, you, you get into the whole... You know, Britney was massive and all those people. I mean, when I was starting to really get into and I was a young teenager and I was getting into my own music and whatnot. I mean, honestly, I would lock myself away in my father's study and just listen to Eminem and listen to rap and, you know, everything like that, because my parents wouldn't let me buy the album, you know, so I'd be on LimeWire trying to listen to anything I could, but, uh, you know, I got into opera a lot later, and now I'm kind of going back in time in a way, you know, and, like, revisiting, like, my early childhood and everything that I really,
0: really loved. When did you realize that music was going to be a part of your life in a big way?
1: I mean, you know, I started singing from a really early age. I mean, I was singing, uh, you know, since I was eight, and pretty much uh, when I uh, started at university in, uh, in New York, and I was in NYU... I actually, um, you know, was partying with people like Rufus Wainwright and Kit Kennedy in the Village and, you know, like Lady Gaga was going to my school, like the Olsen twins, Billy Joel's daughter, Alexa. I mean, you know, we were like listening to the same DJs in the Village, um, you know, had the same like underground scene, And, you know, we basically, I just, I knew that I wanted to do music forever. I didn't know what exactly I was going to be doing exactly, you know, I just knew that I loved singing. I love performing. I love you know spending time with all these different people and doing all this sort of creative enterprising. You know,
0: you attended uh, the Juilliard School of Performing Arts, and some yeah. famous graduates include the late Robin Williams, um, Kevin Spacey, and entertainer Barry Manilow. So that's quite an impressive yeah. lineup, and <laughs> obviously, it teaches you. All about the industry and um, everything. So, is it kind of like fame? I guess dancing on tables and jamming and stuff.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's um, you know, <laughs> it can it can be really fun and really um, and have a lot of aspects to it. But honestly, it's really like boot camp. It's really for me. It was it was musical boot camp. It was seven days a week. Uh, you know, every day, all day. Sometimes I slept there. I slept under pianos in the practice rooms, you know, b- between classes because we had so much work and that your schedule changes every week. I mean, honestly, it was like two years of like the hardest time in my entire life. So, I mean, really getting that degree was like this massive struggle. But, you know, to be there, to be at Lincoln Center, to, you know, my first, um, my first debut was in Alice Kelly Hall right there. And to do, you know, a massive recital there and everything was just amazing. It definitely changed my life.
0: I guess you come from like an, an opera background. You released uh, your debut album, um, Stopping By, in 2013. Yeah, exactly. And you teamed up with your friend Lachlan, who's an Aussie, to form a duo You toured the US, yeah. UK and Australia. So how did you guys hook up?
1: Actually, one day I needed a pianist for this competition and I saw him going down in an elevator. And the head of my program had told me, oh, there's this you know pianist that you have to meet. He's so talented, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up seeing him right as he was going down. I was like, "Hey, you're Lachlan. Will you play for me for this uh, for this competition?" So he agreed. And actually, you know, me at the time I was so busy that I didn't send him any of the music. And you know, about a week before the the big competition, which we which we won, you know, I begged him if he would still do it. And I was like, "Please, I can give you all the music." So, I mean, Lachlan really. You know, came to, uh, you know, to saving me out of some, uh, you know, some tight spots on the way there. But uh, he ended up bringing me out here to do um, a concert in his hometown of Camden. And that was uh, like a year and a half ago. And the rest is history. You know, I just I loved it here. I loved it here. from the first second that I performed on the stage, I had no nerves. I felt like I could. Do anything I wanted to creatively. And that's kind of how frequency began. You know, I felt like I really could start exploring other aspects of my music that I'd never had the guts to explore before.
0: Let's get on to frequency because growing up, like you, I was into like Mariah, Whitney. And two of my favorite singers are those who hit the big high notes, like Mariah Carey, Minnie <laughs> Riperton, and Shanice. And you, as a male, can hit those five-octave high notes. When did you realize you could do that? And is it now a bit of a party trick? Do you, like, wake it out ever so often and say, "Look, this is what I can do? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know
1: what? As of now, it has, has always been a party trick, you know? I mean, when I was a little kid, I used to sing, uh, you know, the Queen of the Night, uh, which is this aria from Magic Flute, and I used to sing all the F hi- in a whistle tone, but I didn't, of course, I was too young to know what I was doing, you know? And as time went on, I kept kind of singing that range, singing it, and, you know, now I've gotten, you know, old enough and everything, you know, is so different in my voice that, you know, sometimes, you know, those whistle tones are amazing, sometimes they're not as amazing. I mean, you know, it just is so variable depending on the day, but when we were recording frequency, I got up in the studio, you know, I, um, we actually had laid down the whole track to it and everything. And I couldn't come up with the chorus or the, you know, the pre-chorus or any of that stuff. And so I'd taken away for a couple of days. I came back, I'm sitting there waiting for Louis girl, who's my producer on this track to, uh, you know, to come up to the studio and finally gets off the elevator, walks over to me. And then suddenly the pre-chorus to it pops in my head. And I start being like, I don't know what to be, but I'm thinking supernova, you know, and that whole thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, it's all happening. So I walk in the studio, I put that down, I'm sitting on the couch, I'm like, oh, I'm picking up your frequency in a galaxy of burning stars. And I go and I just kind of like laid down the course to that. And then suddenly, I just threw out a whistle tone, right? Like just, you know, just m- messing around in the studio with him, right? And Louis just freaked out he was like, Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. You know, like I can't believe that you just did that. And so I ended up, you know, playing with it with, you know, for about like half hour, just, you know, doing it in different ways and whatnot. And we ended up putting whistle tones into this, which I didn't realize at the time. I mean, I'm not sure if there actually is the guy that, you know, like a male that's actually put whistle tones into a pop song ever. So, I mean, it's definitely super exciting. But the process of it was just really you know, just experimental.
0: It's pretty impressive, I have to say, because um, obviously drunken nights, any girl and guy has tried those big Mariah notes, you know so we can all relate <laughs> to that. <laughs> <laughs> on the line from Sydney is Bearfield. he is just released frequency, which we added here on joy a couple of weeks ago um, on our daytime playlist. Now you moved to Australia, moved to Sydney you signed to Sony Music. How did that come about, getting signed?
1: Well, uh, my friend uh, Lachlan, who had originally brought me out here, uh, we were out doing another tour after uh, kind of maybe five months after, and we started singing in some different places and promoting a little bit more of the album and trying to see what we were doing. And basically, I, uh, I met up with Sony here. You know, Lachlan had left. Uh, I, I ended up singing for them kind of on the back end of everything. And I, I honestly I went in, sang for a bunch of people there and I sang a cappella actually for about fifteen minutes for them. Just sing every kind of thing that I could sing. You know, they thought I thought that was a little crazy, you know, I didn't bring a pianist, I didn't bring an instrumentalist. I literally just sang a cappella for fifteen minutes. That's everything that I can do. And they basically told me at the time, they were like, you know, we like what you do, we think it's really cool. You can basically will give you creative license to come here and do what you want to do. And do an album, you know, do a, a whole thing that, that you are inspired to do. And so, you know, for the first time in my life, I kind of had this opportunity to go back, go into my roots a little bit, and actually do, you know, pop music. Because growing up in Miami, I mean, that's all that we heard on the radio. That's all that really existed was, you know, pop. I mean, that's, that's the big thing. And it's all formed the pop, you know. It's it's R&B, it's rap, it's, you know, it's pop, it's Spanish music, it's this, that. So it's all sorts of influences. And, you know, being able to do that was kind of this completion of a dream.
0: The debut single Frequency is very sort of Michael Jackson-ish, Justin Timberlake, a bit of Bruno Mars. It's quite funky, very catchy. (laughs) Was that the intention from from the get-go? Well,
1: you know, I really wanted uh, this album to have music that was timeless. And especially from, you know, everything that I came from within the past. I really I started kind of looking into artists that who I'm listening to now with you know modern ears and you know modern understanding of what music sounds like right now and whose music still sounds really cool exactly the same way as it was recorded you know 30 years ago let's say and what sounds fresh and the, all of those influences that everyone hears in frequency was you know it was on purpose you know I, I was trying to really capture elements that were really modern, but also, you know, something that is kind of a flash from the past so that we could create timelessness.
0: I hit the truck a few weeks ago, and um, I sent you an invite on Twitter, and I saw Mm -hmm. the video online, a U.S. dancer, Carson Dean, busts Mm -hmm. a move on a treadmill. Now, I also had one, Alan, how did he get involved in doing this really cool, I guess, sample video for you? It's a bit of a teaser. Well, yeah, I mean,
1: Carson, Dean, I met Carson actually at the Bondi um, run and surf. And actually, I wasn't, um, he was, he, I mean, he was here for it. And I had met him at this party about a week before he was going to do that. And then he basically was leaving the Monday right after that run. So he was here promoting, you know, I met him. I, you know, I, I, I had seen his Uptown Funk video. I thought it was awesome. You know, when I saw him on the treadmill. And, you know, some of my friends started talking to him and we were like, hey, would you do, a, you know, a, a video to my song? You know, it kind of has a similar sort of groove, you know, like you could probably, you know, bust some moves that are similar to it. So anyways, I have a treadmill in my building that's downstairs. You know, we got a video camera over to videotape it and he basically just choreographed some stuff. I mean, he, during the video and you could never tell, you know, he was his hand had been, you know, hurt a little bit his wrist. And he still just busted it out, went, did amazing. I mean, he's an awesome guy, super nice. And he loved the song. So he was willing to, you know, choreograph this and make this whole thing. And he spent hours, you know, choreographing the whole thing.
0: Now, the question is, do you bust moves on the treadmill as well? (laughs) Wait, do I bust moves on a treadmill? (laughs) Or can you bust moves? (laughs)
1: Oh, oh well, I can bust some moves, but not on a treadmill. <laughs> I, that scares me a little too much.
0: <laughs> no, um, the video um, is coming. It's been edited at the moment, and uh, you posted uh, a picture online of a silver, glittery jacket. So yeah, sounds poptastic.
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing. My uh, the stylist for the video, who's, um, his name is Denny. Awesome, awesome guy. Super talented he found some really cool pieces for this video. I mean, this jacket that, you know, is like silver sequin and kind of looks like this leather jacket and just far out. You know, we really wanted to to bring, you know, elements of, of the past into the present, but really make things that, you know, pe- like people could wear, you know, that if you see it and you like it, you actually can, you know, can get it, can wear it, can, you know, em- emulate the video, can really... Play along, you know, with like the whole kind of concept that we're creating and the brand and everything. So, I mean, it really it took a lot of people to get that sequin jacket.
0: <laughs> now, finally, the singles out online. Um, what can we expect from the feature singles and the album? What um, are you going to mix it up with, with Starwise and, and sound or any collaborations, perhaps?
1: There is a duet actually that that I have that I'm still trying to see who might be interested in it. Uh, so that, but that might be like the third single maybe i mean hopefully sometime next year we'll have um at least an ep that will be dropped so you know we'll, we'll have um an album or you know some some form of larger content that will be dropped but um the, the music really it's gonna go on more of a journey you know some of it has, gets a little more urban beats. you know it goes into a little more r and a little more this and some of it kind of goes away from that and gets more ballady and gets, you know, kind of shows more aspects of my voice in different ways. So, and some, and honestly a lot of it is just really fun. I mean, it's kind of just bringing back like fun in music, you know, and just having fun
0: with it. Can't wait for that. Now, thanks for so much for joining us this morning on the show. Your first interview ever for Joy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <Very> <laughs> now,
0: um, all the best for it. We love the track here, at Joy. We've just been playing it Awesome On daytime and, and stuff So um, when yeah. you're in Melbourne You must come in and see us all right.
1: Yeah, I will Absolutely, I promise
0: We yeah. always love getting guests To introduce their own tracks So would you like to introduce Frequency for us this morning?
1: Yes, sure, sure Hi, I'm Kyle Bielfield And this is Frequency On Joy FM is a free service brought to you by joy 94.9 support joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au thanks for listening to another joy podcast brought to you by australia's lgbtqia plus community media organization joy help us keep joy on air head to joy.org.au joy a diverse sound for a diverse community